it's Moog, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today we are doing another lyric deep dive analysis, and we are going to be discussing The Great War, which is off the Midnight's 3am edition, which possibly controversial opinion? The 3am edition had better songs than the main album, and I stand by that. I find, if you don't know, I don't really like Jack Antonoff, and I find without even knowing specifically who produced her songs, the songs that I like whenever I hit song credits on Spotify are not Jack Antonoff songs. Like one out of 15 are Jack songs. And The Great War was done by Aaron Dessner, as most of the 3AM tracks are. And Taylor's work with Aaron is some of my favorite. I really did prefer uh, Martin and Shellback, uh, but she doesn't work with them anymore because Max Martin didn't like to give her producer credits, allegedly, even though she does have producer credits on songs she did with him. I don't know. So Aaron Dessner is my favorite producer that she works with. The songs um, that I, the songs that she does with him are so fucking gay. I also thought Aaron Dessner was a gay man. He is married to a woman, and that really shocked me. But I digress. So today I'm going to be discussing the Great Wa- the Great War. And how I think it tells the story of the Kaler breakup. And it is Taylor sitting in the middle of the night wondering where she went wrong and how things could have been different. As she says in Evermore, I replay my footsteps on each stepping stone trying to find the one where I went wrong. Now, I have done a deep dive of this on my YouTube and I have uploaded that video to TikTok as well. So if you've seen that, it's going to be pretty much the same thing on here. Uh, But podcast is a better format for this stuff because no one wants to watch a 10-minute video, but you can listen to a podcast while you're doing other things. I'm always listening to podcasts personally. So the Kaler breakup. I'm going to butcher part of this because right now I'm not on NT's Patreon, um, but he has an episode where he talks about it. He talks about pieces of the Kaler breakup. And it was something along the lines of Carly wasn't as cautious and paranoid as Taylor. And amongst other things like accidentally speaking to Scooter, She threw a party at her and Taylor's house, and Taylor wigged out about it. They had a fight and broke up. This was, I believe, the second time that they broke up. They seem to have been on and off. And there's one article from Wonderwall.com that's like, Insider says Taylor Swift alienated former BFF Carly Kloss over something crazy. And from what NT has said, that seems to be accurate. So they have a fight. Taylor has Carly's stuff packed up for her, hires movers to do it. All Carly has to do is come and sign for her stuff, which took 10 minutes. And I really think the song Exile is about Kaylor from Taylor singing her own point of view and then Boney Vare singing Carly's point of view uh, because of the line, it took you five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me with it. So we can also gather from Lover, Folklore, and Evermore that Taylor was heartbroken and has struggled to get over this relationship. Like, right where you left me, that's the price I paid for seven years in heaven, maroon. Literally, just take your pick of any sad song off the last, what, four, five, four albums that she's done. So, you know how, like, if you're in a fight with someone and you realize you're wrong, but you're, like, so caught up in the emotions of the moment that you fight with them just to keep fighting? Like, you keep fighting with them just to fight? Or you, like, continue to, like, dig yourself into a deeper hole? You commit to your fear and your anger and you let your ego get the best of you instead of being willing to like work through something with someone and admit that you were wrong. So to me, the Great War is telling us the story of the Kaler breakup, but at the end, instead of freaking out at Carly and believing that she was maliciously trying to ruin her or betray her, 
Taylor doesn't let her emotions get the best of her and believes her, accepts her apologies, calms down, and they work through it. Getting into the lyric breakdown, maybe it was ego swinging, goes back to what I said, when you're fighting just to fight at that point, even if you know you're in the wrong, you keep going. So she begins to reminisce about the things leading up to the fight, as war is many little battles, not one large one. So like one, Crimson Clover is a flower, but it is also a gay song by Joan Jett. So sus, she loves queer-coded flowers. But anyway, the great love story is over for Taylor. Sweet dream was over. But Carly continues to reach out to her. She brings up a letter again, which makes me think of Closure, which is also about Carly. And I can talk about Closure and the way she uses timing as a metaphor for too long. So I'm not going to go deeper into that on this, but I think she's big brain energy. You drew up good faith treaties. I drew curtains closed. Drank my poison all alone. Is saying I chose to buckle down and retreat and self-isolate and disappear because shutting down is what has kept me safe because I can't trust anyone but myself, as we hear with You're On Your Own Kid. And in that article I was talking about um, on that wonderwall.com, the insider said, she always does the same thing. She trips up when she goes further than she needed to. And that's Taylor. Like She buckles down and justifies her actions. And so the other person responds with, you have to trust more freely. But since diesel is desire, desire is the fuel of the fire you were playing with fire because their queer love is dangerous and it's a fire they have to keep contained. And a part of that containment is isolation and secrecy and a fuck ton of NDAs. So Taylor's fight or flight is kicked on from previous experiences in her past. And so a side of Taylor, the potentially, you know, like BPD-esque side of her, starts trying to make Carly the villain in the story by blaming her for things she didn't do, which she has referenced in the past with lines like, I can't make it go away by making you a villain. Because Taylor wants to justify her own actions to herself and let the bridges burn. So as the bombs get closer, Carly is still reaching out to her through it all, saying that she wants to get through this. The next line, always remember the burning embers, I interpret a few different ways. So it could mean at this point, like during the battle, Taylor decides to work through it, or it could mean that she was sitting there festering over what happened, playing it over and over in her head and working herself up. But in the end, the fire is not out. If there is fuel, embers can blaze. And then what I assume is the scooter event happens. So Carly was managed by Scooter Braun. Scooter is super narcissistic. And from what we gather um, based on blinds, Carly was not maliciously selling Taylor out to Scooter. I'm sure she was talking to him and he was asking her questions that she wasn't thinking he was going to use against Taylor. And then he did. She likely was unaware of what he was going to do, but Taylor is very private. So the fact that any information was shared was the deep betrayal of trust to her. And then what follows with the masters makes it worse. So she feels betrayed. Carly is too close to her. She knows too much. So in real life, Taylor sets off the bomb. But in the song, in this story, she's repeatedly saying, I vowed not to fight anymore if we got through this. She's saying, if I could go back and we could have made it past this, I promise I would have made it a point to get through everything with you. Because your initial attraction to someone is not a choice, but love 
is a choice. You have to choose your person every day and put in the effort to work to build a partnership and stay together. So in our story, when Carly tells her she didn't mean to do what she did and betray her trust with honor and truth, Taylor doesn't react with emotion. She believes her. So she quits fighting and they don't break up so she doesn't lose her. And this is where I feel like Taylor acknowledges that this is a story or an alternate path that didn't come to be by saying, we can plant a memory garden. There's no morning glory. Saying like, what we once were only exists in our memories because she can't take back that night. And she says, it was war, it wasn't fair, and we can never go back to that. Because she can't take back that night, we can never go back to that, that being how we once were. Now, when you read the lyrics of this song, it says, it was war, it wasn't fair, and we can never go back to that. But when you listen to the song, it sounds like it was war, it wasn't fair, and we can never go back to that bloodshed crimson clover. But when you actually read the lyrics and how they're separated, it says we can never go back to that, which I think is interesting. And they get the happy ending in this story as they get past the worst of it and come out the other side. Notice how Taylor only says, my hand was the one you reached for, but she never takes the hand because she never let her ego go enough to mend the situation. So she left her reaching. She's a Sagittarius sun. She has a fire sign connected to her ego. And she's also a cancer moon. And they can hold a grudge unlike anyone else. And, you know, this is like, this is probably as far reaching as, you know, anything I've ever said or created. But I just think it is an interesting interpretation of this song because we know that Midnight's is autobiographical. And when she uses a lot of metaphors, they're usually deeply personal, specific songs that she's trying to hide. So like The Archer, Cowboy Like Me. Like those songs that are so deeply rooted in metaphor that people are kind of like almost don't talk about as much because they don't fully understand the, they don't fully understand it and they don't have like a concise interpretation of it. Those songs seem to be the ones rooted in as much truth as possible while hiding as much as possible, in my opinion. So I just really love this song. It's one of my favorites on the whole album. I love to find the story in the song. Um, And I hope that you enjoyed this interpretation and my analysis of the lyrics of this. If you have a different one, um, every time I post a podcast episode, I post on my TikTok that a new episode is out. And you can go to the comment section on that and comment anything you have, uh, any thoughts you have about this episode. And we can chat about it. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will leave a five-star review and make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss any updates. You can find me on TikTok and other social media at Hey It's Moog. If you'd like to hear my original music, you can find me on anywhere that you listen or purchase music. Uh, my name is Moog Frilida. My debut EP, Want To, Wish I Hadn't, came out last month, and I really hope you'll go and give it a listen. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, this quick deep dive into The Great War by Taylor Swift. I hope you have a great week, and I will talk to you later. Bye.